So three, two, one, welcome Kylie, all the way from across the US. Um, hi, tell us about yourself. Hi, I'm Kylie. I am a mom of three little boys. I have a five-year-old and twins that are three. And I am also a health and wellness professional. Um, I'm a personal trainer, group fitness trainer, um, and I'm working towards getting my doctorate in physical therapy. So um, lots of things going on over here. It's uh, I'm from Arizona um, and I'm looking forward to a great discussion. Yes, ma'am. Um, so <clears throat> the biggest thing, I mean, there's a lot of things I think that you um, have to share. Um, and I just checked out your very graphic um, surgery photos. No, I, I have a stomach for this, so I'm very happy that I actually, I didn't see it the other when I was looking. Um, but I'm happy that you posted those. It's amazing. I'm going to include a link here for people to see because I also was in the fitness industry for basically the last 10 years. And um, I have a little one who's six and a half months now. And when I had her, it's in the midst of COVID. I'm in New York City, so the fitness industry is basically shut down. And it's been really interesting um, postpartum, you know, during COVID, I could totally see how the postpartum depression, the baby blues, how all that stuff sets in for most women, they don't have some sort of support system or any of this because it's a crazy time. If you don't have, you know, a really strong knit circle. Um, so anyhow, that even, that's totally a whole nother point. But my point is, is, um, you've been through a lot. So yeah, well, I have to first of all say props to you. I cannot imagine having a child during COVID right now. Like just having a baby in general is so like so shocking to your system and then having it while you're in shutdown and quarantine and in New York City, I mean, I'm props to you because I can't imagine that what you went through. Um, but yeah, so I I did go through a lot with just um, the shock of having twins so close to um, having my first child. So I um, had a, um, a one-year-old and then I got pregnant again because I was like, because one-year-olds, they trick you. I don't know if you know this. They, they trick you and like you're like, oh my gosh, this is so easy. I love having babies and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, so let's try for another one. And then they turn two and you're like, well, what the heck was I thinking? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I got in the sweet spot and I uh, had another one, but uh, didn't plan to have twins. Um, so when I was, I was very shocked when that ultrasound came up with two babies. Um, and so just going through all of those emotions um, and and realizing that my life would be forever changed by having three boys under the age of three. Um, and it was, it was a shock to my system for sure as well, but I cannot imagine dealing with it during COVID. Honestly, um, truly. I mean, I like to see the good, but I think that it's been a huge blessing because people are much more cautious about your space. People are not, you know, interface being, cause I've heard crazy stories about people, sticking their finger in baby's mouth saying they need a pacifier, you know, really being obnoxious. And for the most part, people just leave us alone. Um, 
And it's been nice because I've gotten to know her. It's been a weird because we don't have like a nanny or babysitter. So my husband and I always just juggle back and forth between her. And it's, it's like people here for the most part take the train. So it's like, how do you even go about finding a nanny now? Because it's such a, yeah. I can't imagine. Uh, I mean, my support system is everything, my family. Um, and so like for us personally, we've like expanded our quarantine bubble just to like be with our immediate family. At yeah. least like my, my parents live nearby. Part of the reason why I live in Arizona. Um, and they're just completely a hundred percent like there for me all the time. And, and it, it's, it's necessary. Like, and, but I worry, like, I mean, of course I'm sure you do as well. Like, um, my parents are vulnerable to the coronavirus and it's hard because you have these kids that like pick up germs everywhere Yeah, <laughs> and then they're exposed to my parents. So we've been trying to keep our bubble as close as tight knit as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, but with my son going back to school, my oldest son going back to school, it's just been a little bit scary and I can't imagine what the emotions you're going through as well. Yeah. It's, it's a weird time and hopefully it will, you know, slowly just go back to normal sooner than later. We'll see. Um, okay. So we're, well, I actually, I didn't realize that they were so close together. Your little ones. Are you, were you breastfeeding when you got pregnant? No, actually, stopped. Okay. I had a really hard time breastfeeding with my first child. Um, he was actually born in Okinawa when we were overseas uh -oh. with the military. Um, and so, like, just the transition of all of that and all the stress and pressure of being overseas and all I'm these sure. things happening, um, I didn't have a great breastfeeding experience with him. Um, when the twins came, I did my darndest to, to breastfeed, and I did um, – last like six months with them wow and, that's so long yeah, that's incredible was, well i give it up to any women that breastfeed it's just it was hard it is hard and so um especially with two but definitely with any children it's difficult yeah. but um i tried my best <laughs> and there's pictures to prove it there's things that i posted about it and i mean it's you know, I talk about this a lot on my page that breastfeeding and motherhood is supposed to be this most natural thing and most beautiful thing. But the secret, like, silence of, like, all the pain and suffering we go through, um, I think it needs to be talked about more and just the, the things that we have to experience as mothers, the sacrifice that we make. And I understand that, like, throughout history that women have been doing this and that women have to um, keep going with uh, motherhood and, uh, and there's been so many sacrifices made, but we don't talk about it enough. We don't talk about the truth and the reality of the situation. And just to normalize the fact that, um, that it's okay to have these feelings, um, that it, it's difficult and <laughs> we can't be just suffering in silence and, and, being so isolated from one another because that's what makes it even more difficult. I feel a hundred percent. It's, um, in addition to that, which I mean, and it's something that obviously we all know, but it's not like you get, um, you don't get an award. You don't get a salary. You don't get any, you know, pat on the back or something. Oh, you got spit up all over today and you kept your kid alive. And I think that it's what once I and my husband and I have such a 
great foundation in our relationship. But once I had her, I realized just how different the species, the male and female are. Like we are just so different. And no matter how much he could help or be there to support, he just couldn't actually understand. Because aside from how difficult it is on a daily basis, it's, you know, there's hormones and there's so many other things just surging through our bodies that they just, they can't, they could try to understand and they could try to be empathetic, but that's also something that differentiates male to female is that females are more empathetic and males aren't. So they just couldn't really get it. But also the other, to your point is talking about it, openly communicating. And, um, I think that women in general, and I, I'm the first to admit, I have a hard time asking for help. Um, you know, my hands are full and I'm trying to do this and that. And my husband's like, and I'm like, Nope, I got it. And I'm like, no, actually, sorry. You're right. You should have helped me. But, um, supporting women. And I think that for whatever reason, it's, so many women are judgmental and they, you know, whether you breastfeed, you don't breastfeed. And I was asking about breastfeeding, not because I have a preference, but because they say it's, you don't get pregnant when you're breastfeeding. So that's why I was asking. And I was, but I know someone who just got pregnant and she was breastfeeding the whole time. And she was like, I wasn't supposed to get pregnant because I've been breastfeeding and she's pregnant. That's why I was asking. Um, but yeah, I really, really wish and I hope to spread a little bit more women's empowerment, a woman helping each other rather than dissing and putting each other down because I, I just don't get, like women know how hard it is. So why? Yeah. I, yeah, I was going to say to your point, um, <laughs> going further than just not getting recognized for doing what we do every day, um, we actually get mom shamed. Um, so you're getting put into this box that like, um, you're, you know, you're lazy if you don't work or you're doing this and wrong or however, um, society sees you, um, you're getting that additional pressure on top of the daily grind of changing diapers and, and breastfeeding and all the, the fun stuff that comes with <laughs> motherhood, um, but yeah, I think it's an additional pressure, especially now with social media um, and then seeing on social media, which I think with my first son, especially, I didn't even know like the reality of what postpartum was supposed to look like. I just see these like women and celebrities and all these people on social media that are like, oh, I got my baby body back or my post baby body uh, all um, perfect and everything's great and um, I'm doing this and that and thinking to myself oh okay is this normal like I looked down at my belly even with the first I had you know stretch marks and uh, an umbilical hernia and not understanding that um, like you don't come out of postpartum like the day after um, having a baby without having some kind of bump still there. Like you're like, whoa, I thought my stomach goes back to normal. Literally no one told me that before having a baby. And those are the things that I wanna bring up in social media to, to remind people that like, there's a reality of the situation that people never talk about. It's so true. It's, I remember, um... Right, like in the hospital, they gave, and one of my girlfriends, or maybe I saw it on social media, I don't know where it came from, but someone recommended the Freedom Mom kit and it had all the diapers and, you know, the ice packs and the perennial wipes and all this. 
And thankfully, I just got it on a whim because I was like, well, if I use it, I use it. But if I don't, then, you know, I'll, I'll gift it to someone. And I went through like basically five packs of those. Like it, I, cause I ended up having an episiotomy. So like I went, I was living in diapers for like two weeks and no one ever, like why I just, and I, I remember my husband being like, is that normal? And I'm like, I don't know what's normal. I have like, I don't care. This is the most comfortable thing for me. We're just, this is deal with it. And it's yeah. like, and they don't know. They're just asking questions and it was so funny because we were talking about it and I'm like, babe, I don't know. Like I, there's no, it's so hard to find truth on social media that I don't know what's, I don't know. And that was just my answer for even now with things with her. I'm like, I don't know. Like <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> it's like this, the people like, like our mothers and other people want to, paint this beautiful picture of motherhood, but they forget all the details, the minor details. You're like, oh my gosh, is this normal? Or am I going to bleed to death? Or how am I, is this like, I, all of those little gruesome details that you have to go through and nobody talks about them. So you're, you're not sure. So yeah, it's, it's pretty confusing. And, and going further than that, like going into our, um, women's healthcare system in general, mm. especially in America. Mm -hmm. And now like by I'm five years from my first having my first child. And so things have changed a lot. Like you said, um, being able to get some more resources, like even before when I was like five years ago, social media wasn't as much of a help for motherhood or anything like that. But I, it might be that there's more, people like me talking about it or there's, or, you know, I'm just more sensitive to seeing those things. So I'm not sure what it is, but I feel like five years past now, we have more information and more um, advocation of, of women's health and things like that. But really looking from my perspective, looking out at um, women's healthcare in general across the world. Now I can see in social media across uh, the world mm -hmm. that there is more resources out there than America has. So, and that we're- Or they're giving us for whatever reason. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, whether it comes down to maternity leave or maternal care, um, those things are a big deal. This is the reality. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's totally okay. Um, hi, little guy. Um, so I think that the more that I'm diving into this, the more that I'm seeing and speaking with like midwives and um, you know, learning where the the obstetrics have come from and why it was medicalized because it's such a natural thing. There's really no need that it should be medical a medical thing, but it is, you know, for money, profits, whatever, whatever the real reason is, 
I feel like all we can really do is communicate as women and also, you know, arm ourselves with knowledge so we can be aware of the reality during and postpartum. Um, and I think, I think it's very, uh, dysfunctional in the way that we don't work together in the medical field. Like there's not enough collaboration mm -hmm. to support women. So there's like, you know, and, and one thing that I went through with my, um, with my twins and, and you might be able to attest this too, is that we're fit people, you know, we're healthy people. And so automatically my doctor assumed like, Oh, you're fine. You're going to be fine. You know, nothing's wrong with you. You can do it yourself. And I'm like, no, I need help. Like I need a, a pelvic floor therapist. Like I don't, I don't, I, um, I don't have the ability to do that for myself. Correct. So, there's a, it's a, it's kind of frustrating when they just, you know, look at you and assume that you're healthy, you're fine and don't go deeper into, um, here's the other specialist that might be able to help you, um, with some of the issues that you're feeling, you know, and, and that even, I think that even went through with like postpartum depression, they're like, Oh, you're fine. You know what to do. You just exercise and you'll, you'll be fine. And it's like, no, I mean, I'm, I need help. So there's so many, like, it feels like loops to jump through and, and advocating for ourselves instead of being able to have a baby and then get the support and comfort that you need. Um, like, like it should be expected, I feel like, but it's not. <laughs> it should be. It's almost like when you leave the hospital, they give you the pamphlet with, you know, the breastfeeding information and all the information. They should give you a pamphlet with, resources in your area for pelvic floor specialists for even you know to the degree of plastic surgeons or whoever if you are interested in these things because they don't they never did a dr check on me i don't know if they ever did on you but actually none of the women i've ever 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 met has a doctor actually done a test to see if they have any sort of uh diastasis like and i have taken uh pre and postnatal certification so I know how to do the check, but every woman I've ever trained or any of my girlfriends, they said their doctor has never done it. And it's like, how? I'm so, so sorry. No, it's okay. I. One of my twins just ate a whole bag of Sour Patch Kids and I have no clue where he found them. <laughs> uh, believe me, I totally... I don't have twins. I have one, and I cannot have her here. So I, I, I get you. Well, yeah, and and I guess we could talk about, uh, you know, how I well, COVID, like you said, with the um, with New York shutting down, and I, we had the same experience. I lost my job. I was a fitness director at the YMCA locally. Mm -hmm. Com just lost it completely as soon as um, everything shut down. Um, and now I went from having full-time daycare to having being a stay-at-home mom, teaching my kid at home, and doing all those fun things by myself. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> it is insane. Ah, uh, believe me, I I feel like this year has like, and I'm just looking at you know, it's been everything just flipped, and I think being in the fitness industry is tough because especially for moms wives 
because for me, my husband, and it's like, let me preface this. My husband is the most supportive partner I could, I more than I would ever dream of, but he just expects that I can bend and flex and, you know, do around whatever his schedule is. And it was, I, it was my fault because I always, and I think that women in general tend to do that. Like, okay, what do you need? I will be flexible and I will figure it out. So then adding a baby to it, it's, and now the fitness industry is all bonkers here. So it's like, you know, I have my, um, I stopped doing any sort of training, but I do do programming and I do do nutrition, uh, like health and wellness type stuff for like any of my old clients that I would continue a relationship with. But it's like, I'm so flexible that he just expects me to always be flexible. Exactly. So now I, I know, and I hear this a lot from women in our industry as well as out, uh, like women in general, mm-hmm. but uh, we're now expected to be full-time moms um, and work from home because you're working, you're still working. You're just finding the time outside mm-hmm. of when your baby is sleeping or whenever, and you're being a stay-at-home mom. And now we're like, oh, well, our husband's not that big, I mean, badly but it's like now you're home so like my husband it's part of the part of um the problem is um, you know I lost my income as well so we're like okay well we're not gonna have our housekeeper come anymore and so you're gonna clean the house you're gonna gonna do this and you're gonna do that so it's a lot of pressure for sure it is go ahead take your truly a cyclical effect in the sense of you're so busy doing all these things. It's not like you have time because searching for a job is full time. It's not like even if you were, you said to yourself, okay, I'm going to get a job and I'm going to get my source of income back. That will be helpful. But then, you know, and create a little sanity for myself, even if it's a part-time job, it's like, you just don't have time because you're constantly just trying to keep up with whatever you're doing, which they don't understand because they're not there to like how could they yeah and the mental load and everything else is just it's so stressful and then finding how like child care like i'm not going back to work because then then what you know so um yeah it, it's a lot to take on for motherhood right now and i can't imagine what you're going through as well but i i know that i've struggled through this and I mean, just the fact that, like, I stopped, I, t- I was teaching, you know, like, eight classes a week or more, and doing personal training and doing full-time fitness, everything, and then literally stopped everything, and I just got into such a funk with that, and just now barely trying to get out of that, you know, like, feeling like, okay, I can go back to fitness, and I can do my own programming and things like that, but... Ugh, it is a grind just to keep that positivity. You know, and I think that the fitness fitness, uh, world in general is tough. It's a constant grind. I mean, and I'm sure it's the same with you. We, before, even when I was pregnant, literally everything shut down when I was like eight months pregnant. And I was teaching 
18 classes a week plus my personal training. Like, and I was up at 4, 4.30 every day. And, you know, you have these, you go until 8 or 9 or whatever it is, and you're on this constant grind. So everything just came to a screeching halt. And it's like, now what? Yeah. Yeah, especially I remember the days where, like, my my littles were really little and um, the and I went back to fitness and – but my husband – I couldn't afford daycare at that point, so my husband's working during the day and I was the 4 a.m.er and the, yep. 5, and the 6 p.m.er and just, like, teaching on those times. Oh, my gosh, it's such a grind for it sure. Is. But hopefully we can use this as an opportunity, like you're doing online programming and things like that as well because I think that's a lot of the future of, of some of the fitness at least to get by for now mm-hmm. um and and but still we're, we're programming late into the night and I'm ignoring <laughs> when I should be you know doing this or doing that but you, you have to find those pockets of time that work for you definitely um okay so obviously we could talk about this for a long time but I want you to tell a little bit about your surgery, if you're comfortable with him there. I don't know if you are. Oh, but, yeah. Okay. I'm um, so sorry. No, no, it's okay. Whenever. <clears throat> okay. So I just want you to save your question if you have to, like, cut it. Okay. Awesome. Are you ready to listen? Okay. All right. So, yes. Yeah, so, I, you wanted to ask about the surgery? Yeah. I don't have any specific, um, just generally, what do you... Well, why? I would assume I would know why you did it, but in your own words, why did you do it? And then tell us a little about about what you had done um, and the recovery time. So I am um, almost one year um, post I saw that. Congrats. Yeah. So um, what I did was an abdominoplasty with uh, diastasis recti correction, Um, and this was... um, a big decision, obviously, but what happened was, is I, um, my first child I had, I had a diastasis recti, like separation, um, of my abs, but I also had, um, a small, uh, umbilical hernia with him. Um, I think part of it is, is genetics. Obviously I'm fit. I'm small. My babies have always hung out straight and down. Like it, if you see some of my pictures pregnant, um, my belly is ridiculous. Um, and it just genetically, I had a predisposition to uh, poor connect- connectivity issues of tissue. Um, I have weak joints pretty much everywhere in my body, but this just was another connective tissue um, weakness that I had. Um, and so I did get my umbilical hernia fixed. I did get my umbilical hernia fixed the, with the first um, child, but unfortunately that didn't do anything like um, looks wise. That just kind of, they just put a stitch in there. Um, and an umbilical hernia, if you guys aren't familiar, is just um, like your intestines poking through where your, uh, your, your um, belly button would be uh, normally. And so like, I think a lot of women might experience this and they might see this um, and they're like, oh, what's happened now I'm an Audi or whatnot instead of an innie. And my doctor was like, 
did you ever have a belly button? I'm like, yes, I had a belly button. I'm a normal human being with a belly button. That's just weird. Why would you ask me that? Um, but so, but it did basically look like an Audi. Had the stretch marks, not really, it wasn't really, I was surprised by that because I never thought like, I'd never had a stretch mark before pregnancy. So like that wasn't something that I was used to dealing with. Um, but you know, I dealt with it. I closed my uh, um, separation of my abs through exercise. I wasn't like probably at the, um, I definitely wasn't at the level of, of knowledge and, and base that I am now um, with postpartum care and fitness. Um, but I just did the normal things with that first one, um, you know, working out and lifting weights and Luckily, I did start learning more about diastasis recti and how to um, control my breath and um, and tighten my um, transverse abdominis and try to use all of the muscles correctly. Um, so that was an experience for me um, post the first child. And then having twins <laughs> just completely destroyed anything that I had gained because you can see if you go back on my Instagram page, like I got the normal, like I got the six pack back and I got my baby body back. I mean, I still had the little bulge of the umbilical hernia and I had the stretch marks and stuff, but I had abs and, um, and then I got pregnant again and I got my twins. So, um, it was a shock to the system. Um, again, I had, I had a lot of, I actually had a lot of pain um, growing the twins. Like there was some stretching that happened that was like super painful. Um, people always ask me like, how did you stand up straight? <laughs> and it was, uh, yeah, I did, I did it. Um, you know, you, you just adapt to things that you had to deal with. And the last, I went to 38 weeks plus um, with the twins. And the last week I did not sleep at all. Like I was on the couch and I couldn't lay back because like the positioning of the twins and the way my belly was, as soon as I did, like the weight would just collapse onto my lungs and it was just so much wow. pressure. Um, and then as soon as I flipped from one side, because literally it was like straight out like this, <laughs> when I flipped from side to side, it was the weirdest feeling. Like you could feel like the entirety of the baby's like shifting and, and ended up that like my, uh, my twins went, um, reach while I was in labor while I was nine centimeters so they were down, head down and then they just completely flipped and weirdest thing ever um I have a really weird like uh, birth story but it's basically that they they flipped breach and the doctor's like well do you want me to like you know just yank them out and I'm like yeah, no it's 24 hours out through labor and I'm ready to be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> I had told them, um, like, again, about the, the, you know, the medical professionals listening to us, that didn't happen for me. Um, I told them, like, 24 hours before, um, like, if I'm going to go through all of this and have a C-section at the end, just give me the C-section. Because I had had delivered naturally with my first, but, like, I didn't want to go through all of the pain and then have a C-section. It just didn't make sense. Yeah. But they did not listen. They were like, oh, ha, 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 that's so funny. No, you're going to just get induced. That's 
I'm like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> like, lady, yeah. take these babies out of me now. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, wait. And so nobody would listen to me. And they ended up doing it anyways. And I was really sad about it. But the, the recovery wasn't um, as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, just also, again, armed with knowledge of, like, how to take care of the C-section scar. And I really, I, I really took care of myself and said, like, you know, even for a fit, fitness professional, and this is the people who I have to talk to the most about this, is you gotta slow down. You gotta ask for help. You gotta, like, mm -hmm. let it be, you know? So, yes, six weeks feels like the longest time when you're ready to go and you feel like you're you want to go exercise and get do, doing stuff and everything but it's really necessary and I took every moment and just relaxed and let um, the feeling happen mm -hmm. and so I thought that was really important but of course I still ended up with um, the diastasis recti um, pretty badly as um <laughs> just because there were twins and that was what my body could handle. So the biggest thing um, I did, I definitely did some uh, rehab for my abs. Um, I did physical therapy, I did pelvic floor therapy, um, and I did a lot of the things just from what I had learned over time mm -hmm. um, on how to take care of that. And I, I, I have a super, controlled transverse abdominis because of that like I just everything's tight um, but then also I found myself tightening all the time just to avoid back pain mm -hmm. and to avoid like not being able to breathe like there's so much pain going on um, because I had to brace my core all the time so I had rib pain I had back pain mm -hmm. I couldn't lift my kids um, just you know and and it was just constant um overwhelming um having to just just think about it all the time this is that was what ex like consumed me was mm -hmm. am i bracing my core right now just to pick up my kids am i doing this correctly um so for me for me it was um i think it kind of an easy decision um, in the sense of, I think the biggest thing is that I love, what's that? Keegan did what? Keegan did what? You did something, what? Keegan. He did something to you? stuff 
and and if you look back at my Instagram page and things like that, there was an acceptance that had to happen before surgery. Like, just love the body that you're in. Mm -hmm. I was so grateful that I was able to carry twins for 38 weeks. Like, and I just had to really embrace that and love that, but be at that mindset first before going into a surgery because this the surgery wasn't for cosmetics even though it did help the cosmetics um the the surgery is just for functionality of my abs um and which is mind-blowing to me because insurance will not cover abdominal for it, they don't it's, it's insane yeah it's just crazy because i feel like the um you know, you injure your knee, you're gonna get that that uh, connective tissue fixed surgically under insurance. But you injure your abs during birth, that's not covered. Um, so that's a whole nother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, it is a whole thing. And I don't know if we have time, I don't know if you have time to talk about it today, but it is a real issue because DR happens with so many women and so many women go untreated because whether it's a money issue or the insurance says, well, it's not that serious, so we're not paying for it. And so they say, okay, well, clearly it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. It's your core is everything. It's yeah, like there everything. was times I couldn't even drive because I couldn't turn the wheel because my abs were so bad just to even drive. There's daily activities of life I could not do. Um, because of the DR and not everyone experiences pain with DR, but for me, it was very, very painful. Um, and so I, I don't understand why women, women's health is put into this, this box that no, we don't help women because that's cosmetic. And I don't understand that at all because it's not cosmetic. Um, and even if it is, it, <laughs> it should be looked on better. It shouldn't be, um, something that well, we have to suffer. Through. Even if it's, if it's cosmetic, it will actually probably mentally help the woman. Because exactly. it's such a mind fuck of mm -hmm. like, well, because just one day, because for me, my, I mean, obviously it's different with twins, but for me, like my pregnancy, I was fine. It was postpartum that I was just, I felt like I was broken in half. And it was like one day you're fine and you know, you're walking the dog and you're, you're having sex, everything's fine. And then the next day you're a whole different, you're two pieces basically. And it's like, it's, it's a real mind mess and mm -hmm. they just don't take it into consideration when your body is in shatter. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, we could go on and on about the lack of maternal health care in our society and in our country, but like, it just, it's sad. I did go and I did try to get insurance to cover it. And I know many women who've tried to get insurance to cover it. It's not that bad of an issue they say or whatnot and that's all cosmetic but it's not um so anyways i did make the decision to go with a surgeon um here locally well she's um in tucson which is not not necessarily locally to me but um she's a board certified um uh, plastic 
plastic surgeon. Um, and I went with that route versus I did my umbilical hernia with a general surgeon. Um, and that didn't really do much in my mind. Mm -hmm. So, um, the plastic surgery was the way I wanted to go. Plus I was going to pay for it anyway. So might as well get it done the way I wanted. Yeah. Um, and I did, I do encourage people to meet with several people who they feel and see who they feel comfortable with. If you can get someone like my surgeon who is willing and able to text with you, she was texting with me. She, you know, she was in my Instagram DMing me, like cheering me on. Like she is amazing. Um, I felt much more comfortable with a woman, but that's just me. Um, and I, like she's just a rock star she was a, like available at you know midnight when i'm like oh my gosh my drain's doing this like what do i do um you know and, and is this normal is this normal you know so she was always there for me um and i don't see that being the experience for a lot of women so if you can find someone like her she's amazing um so and I know that they do exist that. obviously what's that yeah, just for yeah. people to know they exist yeah exactly um so i did decide to do my surgery um and then the a lot of people asked me about the recovery of the surgery especially since i'm a fitness professional and i was a fitness professional all the way up to the surgery um i took two weeks off work um and then i was able to go back to some duties after two weeks. Um, and then I, I didn't start working out again for six weeks. Um, and then by, I, I think about three months, I was fully capable. Um, and now almost a year out, I have no pain, like right away was pretty much no pain. Like the pain that I was feeling from DR mm -hmm. gone off Amazing. right away. Um, so the back pain and things like that, that I was feeling, I had like an immense pain on my rib cage. That was just from like the fact that my rib cage was like flaring so much because there's no connective tissue to keep that rib cage in. Wow. Um, so that was, that was gone. Um, so many things were so much better and then by three months I could barely remember that I even had surgery like it was everything was back to normal um I I've always been able to do ab movements with the correctivity that I had built into my functionality of my workouts um but this one now I feel much stronger with everything um I'm able to uh, you know, just have the full function of my body, which is amazing to me. And I don't re like, I literally don't think about it ever. Like, Good. no, it's, it's something I just was like, Oh, I did that. I forgot. No. So there's, um, it, it's amazing to me. Um, and, and not, I will preface that with not everyone has that experience, unfortunately, with their abdominoplasty. Um, some people um, have loss of swelling for long periods of time. And, but I think my biggest tip and the thing that my surgeon also said that helped me was just being able to um, do the work pre-op, like to be able to close the gap. Mm -hmm. and, and if you look back 
the pictures, I was completely able to close my gap, engage my abs. And it's just a total mind thing. Like you literally have to sit there with your hand over your abs and think, okay, abs work, work, work. Like you have to connect your mind back to where that part of your body is because mm -hmm. it's so stretched out that your, your mind loses the connection with your abs. Um, so th that for me was just connecting back to where, um, where my abs were. And I had to do that post-op as well. Um, but once that's back and normal and functioning, then you're good to go. Um, yeah. So I don't, what other questions do you have about it or did I miss something? Um, no, no, I just, I think that it's really, it's so valid because you also being in fitness and myself, I see it so much where people don't have the mind body connection. So it's very easy for people to just go through the motions where with this, you really have to connect. <laughs> this is the other one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you really have to connect your mind with your body. Um, and you see people or before you would see people when you're training people or whatever, they don't always connect. They just want to go through the motions is what I was saying. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and I think also to, to caution people not to just snap back into stuff, um, either postpartum or, um, post abdominal plasty because, you know, doing all the fun stuff is awesome, but it's not something you need to just hop back into. Like I, I love fitness so much that I caution everyone to, not overdo it like you just give yourself so much grace like you just had a baby or you just had a major surgery let yourself heal you know i that's like my number one thing that i love to come on to podcasts for and and it's crazy because i don't hear this enough from fitness professionals and i also don't you know i don't think it's something that people want to say but i'm like just give yourself grace and every time I have a personal training client, they're like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do that. And like, okay, well, first we got to do baby steps, you know? So let's start here. And, and if you don't master the basics, like being able to mentally control your abs and just breathe correctly, don't go any further than that. Like don't even try a, a jumping jack until you do pelvic floor therapy. Like don't even try anything. I'm sorry. I know you want to get there. I know you want to lose the weight and I know you want to do this and that, but you gotta have the basics. Um, so that's like my biggest tip to people. Yeah, no, it's true. And the other part of that, and I think it's this, it's, you have to, you have to let your body recover. Mm -hmm. Right. So like starting where you are rather than trying to bite off more than you could chew. And it's the same. I totally agree. You have the recovery is just as important as the work. Like you need to let your body recover and heal, you know, and that this is a whole nother talk um, about fitness and working out, whatever. But um, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's and it's hard to convince people this because they think they you know, when you truly have to convince them, no, please just start let's start here i promise you know i know what i'm doing i promise you i'm i i know how this works i know you would not believe how much pushback i get for people when i say just balance on one foot and see where it goes like literally <laughs> they're like what i can't do that i don't want to do 
want to do this. It's like, well, you can't balance on one foot. So we're going to have to start there. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. So it's crazy. In life that you need, you know, you need the foundations before you can start. You can build anywhere else. It is. I, I can, that relates, that resonates with me so much. Oh my, I can't even tell you. Um, but people think like you're like, oh, you're like a lay for like personal trainer because I'm just doing this little tiny movement. I'm like, trust me, that little tiny movement's gonna save your life. You know, you're gonna step off a curb and you're gonna thank me for being able to catch yourself. Yeah, you know, so a hundred percent. No, it's it's really about the basic fundamental things. Um, okay, so you had your um, dr stitched up. You had. Tell what else? Because I know there's a couple so, things that I'm sure women, and maybe even men, because I think that this also applies to men who are just tremendously overweight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it could happen to anyone. Um, and so diastasis recti could happen to anyone. And and yes, overweight at that, the, the dramatic weight loss that happens when you, when, you know, the, your skin doesn't go away. All of that stuff doesn't go away. So um, definitely could be um, important for all different types of people. Um, but anyway, so she basically took a stitch and stitched all the way from one um, rectal uh, like muscle to the to the other side, and um, it's kind of like a shoelace stitch all the I'll way. I'll post the video here, okay. like so awesome. people can see. Because it's, if they want to see it, it's yeah. kind of gross, but um, she was able to keep my belly button, which is always a question. Um, it's not always something that they can do, um, but basically she was able to save it, just the blood supply kept to it, and um, she was able to go quick enough that she was able to do that, um, which I'm super thankful for, but um, it's no longer an Audi, it's a Mamie now. Uh, <laughs> and the, they... They do all the suturing inside. The sutures stay in. Um, mine were not dissolvable sutures. They will always be there. Um, since I'm small and I have thin skin and not that much body fat, um, you may be able to kind of feel the stitches, but I can't really. Like, I don't have much, um, like, I can't really figure out that they're there. You, you don't really tell anything like that. Um, then you, she pull the skin down um, and you make triangular cuts to connect to um, the, just to kit some of the skin off and then they, they re-suture you up, basically like a C-section scar, but mine's hip to hip now. Um, so sometimes I've seen that they've had to uh, make an incision or make it sewn up a little bit so there's like a t-shape um scar mm. but mine was just one line all the way across um she did a beautiful job with that i did get like some scar um you know scar cream and the scar removal stuff um that helped a little bit but um scars don't bother me like that's just like the way yeah. of like this my war marks like i'm <laughs> i'm a survivor of this if not to say that it was something traumatic or anything like i just think like i have it so much better than so many people who are struggling with real things like this is nothing to me so um yeah i 
um, that's pretty much it. And then, um, trying to think what else that, that she did. Um, oh, you have one drain or I had one drain. Sometimes you have two, um, a drain is just to help to like, like release some of the, the bloods and fluids that build up. Um, and that was probably the most annoying part. Um, basically you're, uh, you know, you have like a piece of plastic sticking out of your skin. Um, and that was, it, it was really annoying that come out, that comes out within a week or so. Um, and then <clears throat> I had to wear a brace for a good six weeks. Um, I used a specific type of brace because um, the hospital brace, like they give you after birth and things like that, that didn't really do it for me. Um, but I, I used um, a nice secure brace and I slept in it. It was 24 hours, like all the time, and it's, unless I was taking a shower. Um, that helped with some of the swelling. And then after that, for a little while, I even wore um, the compression, like shorts, mm. um, full body, <laughs> um, which I also suggest both of those things for postpartum, especially if you had a C-section, just to get rid of all of the swelling and to kind of normalize that area as well. Um, so those are good either for either of those situations. It's a... Uh... It's such an interesting thing because I think that you explain why you did this. And um, obviously the effect has been mentally, physically, it's overall just better. So it's like a no brainer. Why wouldn't you do it? Unless for whatever reason you didn't have the means to. <clears throat> and I feel like I should put it out there that even if women want to do it because they want to do it, it just, it shouldn't be shamed. Like, 100%. It, even if they, it doesn't really affect their life, they just have the loose skin or, you know, they're like, it shouldn't be frowned upon because it almost just seems like on social media, you see celebrities, you know, some celebrities are very open about doing this and doing that. And their followers or their supporters are like, you go girl. Yeah. You know, get it, whatever. And then when an, a normal person does it, it's like, well, why are you so vain? Yeah. And it's like, I just, so I, I feel like this should really be, I'm happy that we're talking about it aside from it's very interesting. And, you know, I'm very, very, um, happy that I can share and, you know, learn about this, but I do think that it should be very, very, um, normalized. It just boggles me. It is, it's, it is kind of nerve wracking, especially being a, a fitness professional. Like I, and I know several fitness professionals who've done the surgery themselves too. Um, but it's like, or in the, at the other, on the other side, I've, I know some fitness professionals who are, think, you know, if I do this, then I'm less than, you know, before, because so it's hard. It's a mind like, you know, mess yeah. up because you said <laughs> they, you know, we are these people who are preaching or, and for me, at least I'm preaching self-love. And like right. I said, I had to be from a place of self-love and I'm preaching, you know, fitness postpartum and I'm preaching all of these things. And then a lot of people think and see abdominal quasi as the easy way out. 
it's not. It's not the easy way out. Mm -hmm. This is a huge deal for my life, you know, financially, um, emotionally, like you said, and physically for my life. It wasn't the easy way out. <laughs> but there's no shame. There is no shame in wanting less pain in your life. Yeah. There's there's no shame in that. Um, I have. I feel like we could talk a lot more, but I know you have. To, I have to go. You have to go. Um, it's okay. The last question I have, and I don't know if you're comfortable answering, I hope you are, what roundabout, and I'm sure it's different state by state or where you go, what does that cost? So the abdominoplasty with the diocesan's recti correction is, uh, for me, was about $6,000. Okay. Which I think is completely worth it. Totally. Um, it's totally I've reasonable. It, yes, but I've seen it different like from different places so it's not all it's not all your tummy it's not all the same everywhere so yes so um it i've seen it range from twelve thousand to six thousand or more yeah so find someone who's willing to do a maybe a virtual or free consult that's that's what my doctor ended up doing mm -hmm. um, and but I've gone to other doctors who charge just to be in the office right and to take pictures of you and I'm like I don't want I don't want to pay money just to meet you yeah so that's a that's a personal choice your teeth kiss your teeth okay you hurt your tooth? I can't kiss it inside your mouth. Why? Because I can't reach. So, last thing, do you have anything else you want to share or tell me? No, um, so grateful that you reached out to me. I love uh, connecting on social media. Um, if you guys, I don't know if you're going to put a link to the I Instagram will, of course. where I, I do all my stuff. Um, I'm not currently doing much, uh, business wise, obviously just taking care of my fit family and my home here, but, um, I love to share on there. My stories are kind of where it's at. Like I kind of just share away like way too much information. Probably. No, but it's so necessary. But it, it's just, if you want to see someone else that is going through stuff, you know, you know, that's what I share, and I try to keep it as real as possible. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that I really, truly am passionate about, postpartum care, um, postpartum depression, um, fitness, and family, and things like that. So um, try to throw in a little humor and positivity in there as well every once in a while. But um, I hope you guys are able to connect with me. I always try to answer every you know direct message and if you guys have questions about the surgery or questions about um anything twins or whatever you have questions about then definitely reach out to me well that's what i was just going to ask are you because i think that carrying twins and postpartum is so i'm sure different than 
I mean, you could say because you've done both, but um, if are you taking clients virtually? Um, I don't have any plans right now to take clients um, virtually. I I might eventually. Right now, I'm doing classes towards my physical therapy mm. um, degree, so it's a lot. You're um, you're on full I'm drop, yeah. <laughs> totally. No, but I get if that. If you have a specific question, I'm open to doing those to helping out however I can. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, I refer to fitness professionals like yourself, like, you know, people who are willing, and I know there's tons of people willing and able to be, um, to, you know, inspire and motivate you. Um, I'm here to just, you know, post my daily workouts and say, hey, I was here. Um, and if you guys want to join me, you should do it too. Like I'm personally, I'm just doing um, Beachbody online workouts. Like I'm just doing it like a regular, normal, everyday person, um, trying to get my, my motivation in how I can. Totally. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's a wild time and I'm, I mean, it's amazing, and I think that for people to look at you and your story and see just how much you can juggle, it's inspiring because, you know, you, I mean, I know that women and wives and what every, everyone's juggling and figuring it out, but you're, you really seem like you got it. You're focused. Thank you. Thank you. I don't feel like it always. And like I said, I talk, I don't talk enough about postpartum depression, but definitely something that I am passionate about. And that's something that I have struggled with myself, postpartum and uh, depression and anxiety. Um, so if you see me disappear from my stories, that's probably where I'm at. And then I'll come back on. But um, I'll try to, I try to um, keep it positive, keep it light in there. Well, maybe we'll look for a post um, coming soon about that. Yeah, maybe. If I'm, I'm trying to get as vulnerable as possible. <laughs> Social media is hard. Social media, people are me, uh, but, but that vulnerability, it, it like the, my post that I posted with me crying. That's the most you know vulnerable I could ever get and have ever yeah. gotten on social media. That one went viral. Obviously, people needed it, but people are mean. People yeah. are very, very mean. Um, so there is a lot of, and, and you know, I can get a million comments a day about how inspirational and how great it is and awesome. And then I'll get that one comment. That asshole like, comment. Yeah. I'm it's like, like, why do you come onto people's pages? And I can talk a whole podcast about like, why do people feel like they can just, you know, tear down troll. something that they've like, never why? met? Yeah. I don't get it. But, um, Try, I encourage people to just try to keep positive and try not to say something if you don't really need to say it. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's like the basic thing that you teach your kids. If you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. Yeah. Why can't adults do it? Yeah. So I actually had someone say post that on my post about that. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm not sure why I have to stop saying, but I don't think I'm saying anything negative, but it's okay. Just... Just don't look at it, but okay. You're like, you, you have the option to not follow me. I know. It's like, I'm not uh, requesting my followers. You're choosing to follow me. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> kind of funny. But I just sit back and watch sometimes, and I'm like, and I'm like okay, whatever, you know. That's it. That's all you can do. Uh, you? <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. I know that it's very precious. Um it was very, very nice to meet you. We'll have to do another one, hopefully in the future. 
Um, maybe once you get your degree, because then you could share about that. That's so exciting. Um, and be well and stay well. And um, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And I wish you all the luck in New York Thanks. and all the fun stuff over there. Uh, um, hopefully we can get the, through this fires together and we'll have um, much more fun times in the future. And I want to come back to New York so bad. I miss it. Whenever I'm you're here, let me know. Times. We'll meet up. We'll do a play love date. It. Love it. Definitely. Awesome. We'll do a workout. <laughs> Deal. Done. <laughs>